welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of Meaningful Conversations and convener of community. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. So I'm just so grateful to be talking with you today, Tamara. It turns out for those listening that Tamara and I are neighbors. We live so, weird. so close yeah, to one like another and somehow found each other. And I'm so grateful that we did. And I can't wait to hear more about your story because it started, I think, with you trying to raise dollars for travel to Mexico. Yeah. And yep. that decision was changed. So Thank you so much, Tamara, for being here well, and thanks for having me. being a part of the podcast. It's exciting to talk with you. I know. And get to know your story even as caregiver and yeah. all that you've gone through. So why don't you tell me more about how you came to find out about HSCT? So Brandon was diagnosed um, right after a vacation that we had last year in October. And... They basically said when we saw the neurologist that he needed to start on the most intense form of uh, medication that there was, which, um, so they did the test to see if he was JC positive, um, and he was, so that meant that there were a couple of things that he couldn't take. Um, They suggested O'Crevice, which was still trial phase. And they weren't positive if that could still also cause PML. Right. um, Which is, you know. Brain-eating virus. Right. And because he was JC positive. Yeah. I was like, holy moly. That's stressful. got to find something else. And the neurologist that we saw was very blunt. I mean, I liked him. I really liked him a lot. Um, And he basically said, you know, your husband, I, I really, none of my patients are as aggressive as, you know, Hmm. as him. And I didn't even know what that meant at the time. Neither one of us did. We didn't really know what could happen. So I just started Googling and watching YouTube videos and joining Facebook communities and reaching out to anyone and everybody that I possibly could, Mm -hmm. calling people and messaging them on social media I mean, I spent just weeks, you know, just calling everybody that I could. And I don't know the exact moment that I found out about HSCT. I just kept, it kept coming up and I kept seeing like these clinical trials and reading. I do remember there was a a video that I watched um, about Dr. Bird. And at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think my husband's going to go for this. It's, It's a clinical trial. And his whole family is going to be mad at me. Everybody, you know, if I suggest this and it's going to be crazy and I didn't want to upset anybody, but I also want to save him. Yeah. Didn't know what to do. So I told him about it and he was actually totally on board. Um, and then I think we talked to you and we talked to a couple of other people who had already gone through it, Mm -hmm. um, and had amazing results. So that was a tremendous help. And then the more we learned about it and the more we educated our families on it, everybody just, it was not even a question. We were like, yes, we have to do this. We have to do this. It makes sense. Yep. That's amazing. So was he also researching or? No. (laughs) (laughs) He is not a researcher. I mean, was he just like shocked by the diagnosis and not sure what he to was, do next? But and... He was like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Oh, wow. Like, oh my gosh, don't that's, put this on me. That's a lot of pressure on you, yes. right? Like, how do so, you decide his fate? He was, um, yeah, he's, he's just, he's very, he's young, you know, he's super active. He's always been, he played basketball all through school. He's always been really active, just just did. So, so then, like, what were his symptoms and what was he experiencing that? For about 
a year, he just kept saying that his arm was tingly. His arm was tingly, and um, we thought, maybe you pinched a nerve. Um, then the turning point was we went on vacation, and we went on vacation with my aunt and uncle. My uncle's a chiropractor, and my aunt is a nurse at a spine surgery center, so she works very closely with neurologists. And we were just talking to them one night, and he's like, you know, now my legs feel really weird. And at the time, we didn't know it was called this, but he was totally experiencing the MS hug, mm. like super, like a lot of tightness in the abdomen area. So, um, you know, before this, he had gone to my uncle, to the chiropractor, to get an adjustment. He's like, you know, if it's pinched nerve, maybe I can right. help, whatever. So then my aunt and uncle were like, hey, you know, it's really weird. You're not going to have two pinched nerves at the exact same time. Like, that's just too coincidental. It's not going to affect your upper body and your lower body. And my aunt's like, this really sounds like something neurological. So we're like, whatever, you know, kept right. drinking my white claws and right. enjoying the beach. And that yeah. was that. When we got back, um, it it was getting progressively worse pretty quick. And uh, he was dropping things all the time. Like he couldn't hold on to a pencil. He could barely write at the time. And it was really scaring him. Um, and it was really ticking me off because he kept dropping stuff on my new rug that I just bought. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so we went to the hospital and what, he called me from work one day, which is he does not. He's not a guy that goes to the doctor sure. or does anything like that. Um, he called me from work. We decided to go to the hospital. And we the first time we were there for seven hours, they did blood work. And they came back and they were like, you're fine. Um, sometimes mm. wearing tight socks or tight pants can cause your legs and feet to tingle. What? Yes. Wow. That's a whole other story. We've been battling the bills from that for a year now because... That's unbelievable. It was. So a week later, um, he was... The, the MS hug was really, really um, bothering him. Like he... I, and obviously, you probably know sure. how it feels. I don't. You know, I just know what he's doubled over. To me. Like you can't breathe. Yes, yeah. and that's what it was. He was. That's what really scared him because he's like, I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I'm suffocating. I don't know why. This is. You know, I'm just having all these weird things happening. So I said, okay, we're we're going back. We went to a different hospital. Good, <laughs> of course, and. Um, Right away, the first hospital when we went, I asked several times, hey, can can you do a CT scan? Not because I knew anything, but my aunt and uncle had said, sure. hey, we think it's neurological. Definitely ask for an MRI or a CT scan. And they they didn't do one. So we, the second time we went back, we were very adamant about that. And they were throwing things around like it sounded like Gillian Barr. It sounded like ALS. And I'm Googling all these things and I'm having a nervous breakdown, yeah. in the, you know, while oh he's... My gosh going and getting a CT like so they came back and they said um it, he had a black hole that they found at the time they didn't call it a black hole they just said there's something going on it best case scenario it may be an old stroke if he was you know like a senior citizen it wouldn't it wouldn't alarm them as much but they you know they need to do further testing so they admitted him. We were there for about a week. They did MRIs, and um, then they came back and you know diagnosed him with MS, which honestly was relieving. Sure. Because after thinking he could have ALS, yes, yeah. So then it was relieving, but of course I had didn't even know. I, I didn't know what that right. was. I didn't know anybody that had MS. I didn't know anything about it, and you know neither did he. So then. Um, I don't know. The neurologists were coming in, and it was like a whirlwind because they, they, you know, one neurologist was like, oh, do you have kids? And, oh, I'm so sorry. And we're like, what does this mean? What, yeah, right. Like, why? What are you asking what's all these questions? What's the pity party yeah. all of a sudden? What's, what's going to happen? Yeah. We had no clue. So, no. Did they start him on steroids then, too? They did. They did. Um, that's why we were there for so long. After he got diagnosed, he did um, IV steroids for a few days. Um, consecutively. And did that help? It did help with his legs. Mm -hmm. um, 
not nothing it didn't help with his hand at all but definitely with his legs and he he wasn't like doubled over suffocating mm. anymore either so it did help it helped yeah and so did he ever start on any medications no never nope immediately um they sent we saw the neurologist he sent us home with you know the packets all about different drugs here yeah. you decide which one do you want to uh-huh. go on that's i don't understand i know it's through all of this i have learned and i am very compa- like i'm just very passionate about the fact that everyone should take any sort of medical issue that they have into their own hands not that doctors are terrible people because they're not they're there to help you but there are other options other than just tons of drugs and you know i I don't know, just learning, diet. There's there's just so many things that people can do um, that don't include such harsh drugs on a daily basis. With harsh side effects. With harsh, harsh side effects, yeah. With increased chances of And then just the whole pharmaceutical debacle that goes along with it, you know. That's That's a mess. So how long was it between his diagnosis and when he got HSCT? He was diagnosed in October 2018, um, and his stem cell birthday, I think, was like April 6th, 2019. Wow. So pretty quickly. Yeah, six months yeah. or so. We started the process right away. Like, they they got him in. They saw his MRIs. They accepted him on a compassionate care basis. Okay. And they, like, everyone was blown away when, when we went, went to see Dr. Blavinoff. Brandon walked in and he was like, Dr. Burt told you that you needed this? And <laughs> we were like, yeah. And he like did a, his, you know, physical test, walked him down the hallway and the peg test and all that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you sure you want this? <laughs> and we're like, yes. And then he pulled up his computer and looked at his MRI and he was like, oh, your brain looks like a Christmas tree. Oh. He's like, okay, I see why we're doing this now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. That's big time. Yeah. Like, even just to have him question mm-hmm. Dr. Bird at first. I mean, not a ton of, phys- like, symptoms, though, which sure. he's very blessed mm. to, you know, to have, so. Walk away with mm-hmm. minimal complication. Yeah. So, when I first met you, like I mentioned, you were... Um, thinking of maybe going to Mexico because yeah. you, you really didn't think he would qualify for the clinical trial. Right. Um, and we talked, and I think I encouraged you. Oh, you totally did. <laughs> yes. To not say no, to let them say we, no, right? We were, before I talked to you, I don't even think that we were going to even consider applying for Dr. Burt's trial. Like, because you thought you weren't eligible, right? Absolutely. Because he hadn't been on the medications, no. right? And it's you have to fail two medications. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that I read on on their website, everything about the clinical trial, you know, said that he did not qualify. Right. So we didn't we didn't even I didn't want to waste any time. Like mm-hmm. we immediately got on a waiting list for Mexico and started trying to save every penny. I mean, but all of our parents said like, we'll sell our houses, we'll, you know. It's so tough to try and come up with that kind of money. Yeah, like at, just everybody in the family was willing to come through, which is do amazing. Whatever it took. Yeah. But what, weren't there also people, like, questioning that decision, and you thought it'd be really tough to try to convince? Oh, yeah, especially because it was Mexico. You yeah. know, there's, <clears throat> there was just everybody that we told, basically, what, thought we were crazy. Right. Um, and it's so hard because it's kind of beaten in everyone's brain, especially in the U S like, but you really have to do your research because there are so many doctors that were, you know, that left the United States. They left practicing medicine here. They left huge, you know, clinics that are world known to go to another country to do things where they weren't so restricted right. by all of these crooked <laughs> laws because they're so the pharmaceutical companies have such a stronghold yeah. on just policies and government and even doctors i mean yeah. 
you should always look up how much money it's public record. And yes. you may have yes. told me that actually. I, I <laughs> Maybe think, I did. I think you did. I just sent the website to someone else. You did tell me that. I know for sure that it's public record that you can see how much money these doctors are yeah. taking in from all of these drug companies mm-hmm. to prescribe their drugs. Yeah. So it's unfortunately, I don't always think it's 100% in the best interest of every single patient. And I understand because they see so many patients. How how could it be? Everyone's different. And with this disease, every single person's yeah. disease is different. So it's, I don't know. Doctors in this country are trained, right, mm-hmm. to look at like a checklist of yep. symptoms. And if you fit these if mm-hmm. you fit this checklist in some way or even just yep. a couple boxes are ticked off, well, yep. then let's try this. Yep. And here are your options. And you make the decision of yeah. the drug you would like, but that's the drug is the route we're taking. But it's the Band-Aid. Like, yes. That's what I said the whole yes. time we were doing this process. I, I couldn't even wrap my head around the fact that when you get diagnosed with MS, you go see a neurologist. Yes, your brain and your spine are affected, but the disease is an autoimmune disease. So mm-hmm. why aren't we seeing immunologists? And hematologists, like, like, yeah. Right. right. Like Dr. Burt. Why yeah. why are we not being sent to so why are they not being sent to someone like that who is studying ways to fix the problem or put you into remission right. or not just band-aid the the symptoms that you're having, right. giving you a whole slew of drugs, you know, I, and that's just one disease. Like it just yeah. makes me, you know, so crazy about, yeah, it's because so... there's so many people affected by yes. so many different diseases that there's just so many things that need to be changed. But... And that could be helped by HSCT, yeah. right? Absolutely. Which is yes. a huge goal of this podcast to try and reach yes. those populations that yep. at least let them know it's an option to be explored. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, everybody may not find that it's for them and that's okay. Absolutely. But they should at least be, have the chance to yeah. look into it. Mm-hmm. And for the record, HSCT and I'm sure you already know, does not need FDA approval. Right. FDA only approves drugs. Yes. All of the drugs used during HSCT are have been perfectly approved. fine. They're all approved. Yeah. It's it's nothing new. It's even when Brandon was diagnosed, my aunt was like, I wonder if they could do something like with stem cells for before we even knew about this, sure. she, we we always talk about that. We go back to that, and she's like, "I knew it, <laughs> like, I knew," and you know, it's just not talked about because it's not an ongoing four hundred thousand dollars a year that the drug companies are making. It's right, a, it's a one time payment, and yeah. then and yeah. then hopefully, yeah. you know, you're in remission, and that's all you need, and right. you don't need to pay money for the rest of your life right. for these drugs. That right. are terrible for you. Yes. I know. Right. I mean, my thyroid was zapped by the chemo. Sure. So I'm on thyroid meds. Yeah. But my mom is both hyper and hypothyroid. So, so eventually that probably would have happened. Absolutely. Yeah. We've not like, really seen. Is Brandon on any continuing? He's on nothing. Is that amazing? It's amazing. He what finished. was he taking? Like, and was he taking anything? I know he didn't start a DMD, but like. Was he taking anything for sp- stiffness or spasticity or? No, they prescribed him um, something for spasticity. If you said it, I might know it. Tizanidine is what I was no. taking. I know he, other people. Whatever it was, he didn't yeah. take it. Yeah. He's, we are, we're, we're just weird about that kind of stuff. Sure. I don't even give my kids, I, you know, yeah. t- I'm very weird about even just Tylenol. I don't, we don't do flu shots. We don't do, I don't you either. Know, <laughs> and I never have, even right. before no, this, me I too. didn't do flu shots. Yeah. I, we're just and to each their own, absolutely, because there's that's very sure. controversial. But, but wash your hands. Yes, yes. Just don't touch your face. I'm weird about food. Like yeah. we're just and not that we don't go through drive throughs because we <laughs> certainly do. But I, I, there's just you know, it's a lot of things to pay attention to and So what really led him to pursue HSCT? I mean, you researched it, so what convinced him? Um there was another woman that we spoke to. Um, her name was Sandra, and she's from Texas. And honestly, one of the biggest turning points was I made he. Okay, so obviously he's not here for a reason. He is very. He doesn't have social media. He still listens to seven hundred WLW talk radio <laughs> nice. instead of music. Like he is. 
I mean, he would much rather read a newspaper than he's just, he's not someone who's going to go out of his way to, to make connections or, which is fine. He's sure. He's awesome. Obviously I love him, but, um, I may, he's very weird about like talking to new people. He doesn't even want to call and order a pizza on the phone. So let's just put it that way. So I was like, you are talking to this woman. She's, <laughs> she's going to talk to you. I don't care how weird you feel like you are talking to her. She had gone to, uh, Russia, uh, with Dr. What? Frederick Federenko. Yeah. Um, and he talked to her, and she was very, very, very knowledgeable. She was a professor um, at a college uh, where she lives. And between you and her, honestly, um, that's basically how he made his decision. Because I, you know, I kept, I was showing him all these articles, I was showing him all these YouTube videos, I was, I was reading all these studies, and I was showing him, I was pulling up all of these, you know, really technical studies that, you know, you probably needed to reread it 35 times sure. before you actually understood any of it. And, and he's like, okay, it still wasn't really sinking in. And then finally, when he was able, when I got him on the phone with an actual human mm-hmm. being who this, who this had affected and helped. Yeah. And then he started seeing all these other people, people, you know, people can say what they want about social media, but to me, that is a, it's, it was huge and in the, played a huge part in learning about HSCT, mm-hmm. finding, connecting with other people. Sure. I don't know how I, we would have done it otherwise. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't, I don't even know, we wouldn't have even found you, you right. know, right. and you live five minutes away. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's crazy. It, it was, it was a huge, huge factor and, and convincing him. And once he was sold, the the rest of the family kind of followed. Sure. So. Which is great. And that's part of the motivation of the podcast even is yeah. I, I found out about HSCT by reading a newspaper article. Yeah. It was kind of by chance. And I realized that this is what I needed to do and look into more and just contact the Dr. Bird's office. And they told me about the Facebook groups, but I was like, eh, mm-hmm. I'm not really... Yeah big on Facebook, but yeah. it wasn't until I was there for mobilization that I was like, well, maybe I should just at least sure. look into it. Sure. And then I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much information Absolutely. here. And so when I was in the hospital then for the long term, I thought, well, what about all the people that aren't on Facebook? Yeah. Especially the younger generation that has nothing to do with Facebook. Absolutely. Like how are they going to find out yeah. about this? So that's really what motivated me to start the podcast. But then also this nonprofit that we have going now. And like you said, talking with someone to understand their story Mm -hmm. and really connect on that personal level and ask questions and get real answers that are longer than the quick blurbs on Facebook. Absolutely. So our talk to a warrior program we're excited about because people can call and connect with a real person that's gone through it. And that's been to Mexico, that's been to Russia, that's been to Chicago and sad that Chicago's closing their doors, but mm-hmm. that's huge yeah. because like I said, if Brandon wouldn't have talked to real people right. who really went through this, I don't know that he would have, you know, I don't, I don't know that it would have ended up the way it did. Right. So. Well, and it's weird to, for me, it was weird to like really think about, are these real people? Are they making this up? Right. Is this a real person creating this? Mm-hmm. Post is what they're saying real? How do I know? And you always trust? wonder, are they trying is this person paid like yes. to promote whatever this this right. is to you know to, yeah. to make people want to do this and now yeah. we know that it's not, but absolutely, it, that absolutely thought comes into your mind, does, especially at the sure. beginning. Yeah. Especially at the beginning. Yep. There was something I was gonna ask you to follow up on, but anyway. So why was it important for you to participate in the podcast? Um well, I just feel like I I learned so much in such a short amount of time. And I just, I want as many people that we can, that we can possibly reach to know about this. And like I said, my husband is 
not a huge, you know, public speaker and he doesn't love talking about his, his MS. Um, yeah, no one really does. Not that I want to shout to the rooftops right. that he has multiple sclerosis. Right, right. From, but I, I, um, I just think that it is so, so, so imperative that people know that there is another option besides yeah. these terrible drugs. Right. I, I just, and that was the hardest thing to get through to people when we were telling people we were going to mm-hmm. go to Mexico before we got accepted to Dr. Burt. That was the hardest thing. Because they're like, why don't you just listen to your neurologist and and, and take this drug? Mm-hmm. Or why why would you go to Mexico? Oh, no, we don't trust Mexico. I remember I ran into a friend at the grocery store, and she had been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And I couldn't tell you for the life of me what it, what it was called. Um, but she had been traveling back and forth to Florida to, like, to talk to a holistic doctor and she, other people had mentioned, um, HSCT and they had talked to her about, uh, Mexico and she's like, oh gosh, never. My husband would never agree to that. That's, that's out of the question. I can't even believe anyone would go to Mexico and, you know, people go to Mexico for procedures and they come back missing an arm because they did the wrong thing and goodness yada 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 and I I'm like and even the neurologist that we talked to he was like yeah I've I've kind of followed Dr. Burt but yeah I really suggest that you don't go to Mexico you know there's I, I don't know there's such a stigma yes and until you actually are faced with a, a problem that you cannot find an answer to in your own country, right? then what other options do you have? Right. And then it sparks interest and it's, it, you know, you start researching more and more and more and then you realize, yeah, hold on. People need to be educated about this because everyone's perception is so twisted and yes. wrong. Yes. Just from having a blind eye from living in this country. <laughs> right. Dr. Ruiz is very world-renowned. Oh, absolutely. He so started reputable. off um, in the United States. Yes. Like, I, I don't know. It's he's, Mayo Clinic or Johns Hopkins. Mayo or, Clinic, I yeah. think, is what I read. I could be wrong, but... Yeah. No, he's very reputable. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. Left to open the clinic. But it feels like you're screaming yeah. at a brick wall mm-hmm. when you're trying to talk to people about this sometimes. And it's very hard to talk to people especially, you know, in emails or messages or texts or there's so much is misinterpreted. Absolutely. And that's why this podcast is a fantastic idea. Thank you. Having people call in and be able to talk to real, real people, patients who have gone through this. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to do this, because I think everyone should know about it. God only knows, seriously, how many other diseases that HSCT could really... Over 20. Absolutely. And who knows? There's probably... I mean, gosh, can you imagine how many more there probably really are? I know, right? That it could help? It's... Possibilities are endless. Yeah. Well, it was important for me to invite you because you're doing such amazing work in your real job, (laughs) aside from caregiving for your husband and family, right? Right. Um, As a realtor, you are now donating proceeds of every closing to patients who are trying to raise money to get HSCT. That is amazing. I went back and forth because I did not want that to come off as, oh, look at me, I'm doing good things. No, it doesn't at all. I, I didn't want that at all. And I never, ever want to seem like that. No, clearly you're passionate um, about Absolutely. HSCT and yeah. how it's been working for him. Yep. So twofold, I absolutely obviously want to give back. I mean, we had this benefit and there's no way you could ever repay people for doing such wonderful right. things. You know, just people that volunteer their time, donated food, money, just everything, sending cards and nice words, messages just to get you through that time, mm-hmm. you know, and there's just, there's no amount of thank yous in the world that could ever, right. you know, yeah, and pay you know back. for sure. Yeah, yeah I do. you absolutely know. Well, and that's yeah. one of the biggest things you right. and I talked about on yeah. the phone so many times was it's so hard yes. to accept all of this. And, but it's like, 
it's my husband's life. I mean, I yeah. would do anything. I would right. beg on the street, you know, if I had to. So, um, but I, I, I want to try to give back as much as we can, but I also want to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. So every single time that I have a closing and I donate, I want to post it and I, I want it to go everywhere. I want everyone to see it and I right. want everyone to learn about HSCT, not even just people with MS or, right. you know, scleroderma or just, just everyone. Because everyone, almost everyone knows someone affected sure, by absolutely. autoimmune disease. Yeah. And it's not about even you getting the recognition. It's about the people you're helping get right. the recognition. That's exactly what That's it's about. That's amazing. Yes. That's so generous of yeah. you. And I just want to bring light to that work well, because you. it's brilliant work. And I wish that someday, hopefully soon, the nonprofit that we've started can grow to yeah. be able to support people trying to travel, especially to get HSCT. Because I knew that we would be up against the National MS Society, absolutely, the National Diabetes Foundation, mm-hmm. all these other st- well-established, long-time established. Who, by the way, are all funded yes. by who? Right. <laughs> the pharmaceutical companies. Right. And so, so we're up against some big players, yeah. right? And I knew starting out, we weren't going to be this huge foundation and get sure. millions of dollars in donations no. to start out. Yeah. We need to be grassroots. We need to be veteran-led, right? Like yeah. HSCT warrior-led yeah. and just keep getting the word out as much as we can, making those personal connections, building community, yeah. and maybe some of the community will then turn their dollars towards us and then maybe someday we'll be able to support folks and their travels and efforts to try and get HSCT because insurance doesn't always cover (laughs) yeah especially out of country um so Dr. Burt accepted Brandon on a compassionate care basis did insurance cover any of it so it was kind of weird how our situation worked out and how his insurance worked out they covered some bits and pieces of things. Good. So, um, like the standard chemo or, well, like the testing Mm -hmm. parts. So like when we went to do, um, like the initial MRI, we insurance covered part of the MRI and then we had to pay upfront, you know, they were like, Oh, your balance today is $2,700. So I was like, Oh, um, you're going to have to give me a minute. I need to call my bank because I've never actually spent that much money on my card before. Right. I'm going to need to tell them to up my, you know, right. up my limit really yeah. quick. So I was on the phone while he was in the MRI machine. Uh. They almost wouldn't even take him back. But I'm like, please, I have the money. I will pay this. Like, just take him back because he was going to miss his appointment. I'm like, we just drove five hours to get yeah, here. No, Please just take him back. I promise you I'm going to pay it because... I think you probably know just as well. Every time you go, like for pre-testing, for you have to pay right then. Yeah, it is not. Yeah, hey, we're gonna bill you later. Right. It is your balance today is X amount of thousands of dollars. Right. So, so it, some of the testing uh, insurance picked up a little bit of like a couple of the MRIs, and they did. I don't know if they paid for the full amount of the chemo or not. Regardless, we still ended up owing about sure. half the amount of uh, HSCT, which is still the <laughs> the amount of a small house. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, so that you know well in being a, a realtor, right? Yeah. So what doubts did you have about HSCT or even going for it? Did you have doubts? Did Brandon have doubts? Honestly... We really didn't. You just jumped right in. We did. I mean, we read some of the side effects and, you know, they go over the side effects, but we were like this to us, to both of us, we were both just, this is our only option. Mm. There's nothing else we're going to do. The only other option was start on a drug that was going to hinder us from, it was going to prolong the time before we could ever get HSCT. If it worked. If it even worked. Right. And the first six months don't work. Right. They told, I mean, for the, um, 
for the med that they wanted us to do. They're like, well, in the first six months, nothing happens. Like you, you won't see. Uh, I had, <clears throat> I had his neurologist. Um, so we waited. Oct- we, he was diagnosed in October. He didn't do any meds. He did do a couple rounds of steroids. The first time we saw Dr. Burt, he was like, I want you on steroids immediately. Um, huge dose. Like he was taking 25 pills in one day. Wow. Uh, crazy. But he said, you know, to basically, I guess, hold you over until right. you get HSCT. Um, but that was it. So we were, you know, a few months in and we were having the benefit and I was arguing back and forth with insurance and back and forth. That whole story is, uh, it's a nightmare. It is. And I could just tell you, you know, my girlfriend came over from across the street and, uh, I had another girlfriend that had brought some, um, like blessed oil. We're not even Catholic, but it was blessed by the Pope. I mean, we all believe, I believe in the same God, you know, Jesus. So I was like, well, the Pope blessed it. We could use it. Right. What's it going to hurt? Right. <laughs> so she came over and Mexico had just called and they were like, we need your payment. You know, like it, oh. it's coming to the date where you either had to pay or give up your appointment, your, your spot. And wow. I was like, oh my gosh. What are we going to do? Because we got, ex- we, we had already been accepted at Dr. Burt, but I'm like, I don't have $125,000. Right. I don't know where we're going to get it. Right. Insurance is saying no, like nobody's covering this. Do I give up the spot to Mexico? What do I do? Um, I was on the phone. My girlfriend, uh, Leanne lives across the street. She came over and she, she was like, oh my gosh, you've literally been on the phone all morning with all of these people. And it, that's what it takes. It really, I was yes. on the phone every single yes. day calling these people and Everyone I talk to, I'm like, you just have to be persistent. That's all I can tell you. I, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Yeah. And I didn't want Brandon to have to deal with that. Sure. So, I, you know, every day I was calling, 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 sending emails, sending them medical, going and picking up medical records, but bringing them here, making copies, mailing them, whatever, whatever needed to be, whatever needed to happen. So Mexico calls, we need your payment today, or we're going to have to give up your spot and I'm still arguing with insurance in the hospital. And um, she comes over and she's like, you know what? Let's pray. She's like, let's let's get that holy oil. Let's, you know, we just, we started praying. And I am, I kid you not, um, literally as soon as we were done praying, five minutes later, I got a call. And they said, okay. Basically, um, we're going to, we're pushing your file to the top. We realized this was the hospital of Northwestern. I was having horrible issues with their um, patient liaison person who dealt with insurance, and she was telling them the wrong thing and yada, yada, yada. So she's like, I got, finally, a manager called me. He's like, we're pushing your file to the top. Like, it all just happened just the way it was supposed to, I felt. And just things like that throughout the whole process kept happening. But we had to ask. We were going to have to do an appeal. And we ha- I had asked the neurologist to give him a letter for appeal. And he called me on a Friday night. It was the Friday night before the benefit. So we were running around doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And he would... It was 7.30 at night, and I'm talking to my husband's neurologist on the phone in the Dollar Tree looking for decorations. And and he's like, I I will write you an appeal, but I will tell you right now that if your husband does not do something about his MS, he will not be walking in the next six months. Mm. You will He will not. And he, even, he was, like I said, he's very blunt, but he was like, he will not be playing ball with your children. He will not be walking. He was like, you... You won't even recognize your husband in six months if he does not do something. You have no idea how aggressive your husband's MS is. And I was like, why are you trying uh, to scare me right now? He, he was like, you have to. I don't know if he was trying to push me towards, hey, you have to get him on medication or, hey, you have to. I don't know what you're going to do, but do something because an insurance appeal. He told me is like an insurance appeal can take up to a year, Miss Minch. He's like. This is not the option that you 
can take right now. He's like, you are down to the minutes. I mean, I was on the phone with him for 45 minutes. I mean, what doctor would do that? Right. Really? He's a, yeah. he was a fantastic, he's a fantastic neurologist. He was for HSCT for Brandon. Good. He, um, supportive in every way. I mean, he would have written the letter for us to give for the appeal. He was just very adamant that, look, you don't have time to wait for this to go through the appeals process. I don't know what you're going to do, but you better do something. Wow. And it all it all worked out. We got there. Somehow it all yeah. worked out. We got the money and, you know, we still got a lot of bills. <laughs> well, yeah, they seem to be ongoing, yeah. right? Um, so what has been the biggest cost to others in your life? I mean, sounds like you have given a lot of yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, it was hard to see the kids, you know. I mean, was that a hard part for you? My mom stayed with us, well, with my daughter, um, just to keep things as normal and routine as possible. Sure. yeah. And we were FaceTiming from the hospital, but I think at one point she saw, like, the chemo bags hanging yeah. and... It freaked her out. And How so old then was she when you? She turned seven in yeah. between so mobilization. She was very aware, like yeah. she was not. She yeah, remembers. like her birthday was right between mobilization and the the full stay. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I mean she missed us, and we tried to keep things normal, but she was a little freaked out. Mm -hmm. I think seeing me in the hospital and bald, and of course. It was very overwhelming for her. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. were you there with Brandon the whole time? I was. So my parents actually stayed at our house with mm -hmm. the kids and, uh, you know, took them back and forth to all their basketball games and school and did the whole routine. And I will tell you, our routine is <laughs> pretty intense with sports and school. And Yeah. But they rocked it out like champs. And nice. They were awesome. And. It, you know, we would FaceTime basketball games, so we nice. wouldn't miss anything. But it was, you know, like you said, they would see things in the background. They yeah. had the questions that they would ask would break your heart. Mm -hmm. um, that was, aside from everything else, that was one of the hardest parts. And then for me, not being able to do anything and seeing my husband, who's this strong, you know, energetic awesome dad, you know, just feeling so terrible and scared and just having the talks about, you know, if or when something yeah. does go south, right? what's our game plan? And that's the hardest. So hard. That's the hardest part. Just thinking of what could happen, but you know what? I could, anything could happen. Yeah. Right. I could. Anybody could get in a car wreck tomorrow. Yes. So, what, right. you know, take it exactly. a day at a time. Did he have complications when he was there? No. He, every, everything. He sailed through. Yeah. I mean, he, the chemo, I mean, he was sure. sick. Of, of course. course. You know, he was like in the bathroom and. Of course. Vomiting and yeah. whatnot, but nothing out of, nothing out of the ordinary. Nice. No. Did you stay on the couch? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Andy <laughs> stayed there too. Yeah. And that's exhausting. Because the doctors, the nurses, they're oh, in yes, every yeah. three every two, three hours, yeah. somebody is in your room. And then you're not able to, I wasn't able, I'm sure he wasn't able to use your bathroom. Right. So, so you have to walk down the hall. Yeah, to walk all the way down the hall. And I, was, I was in my pajamas the whole time, yeah, constantly. Right. And you can't do laundry there. No. So you have to go across the street. Thankfully, I will tell you, I became really close with um, a couple people there. Uh, one woman in particular, she was there with her sister-in-law and she was, she had scleroma and, um, we just instantly connected and it was the best thing that could have happened. Sure. I, mean, I had a buddy to go do laundry with. I didn't have to walk the streets of Chicago by myself, you right. know, to, if, to go get food or to the store, whatever needed to happen. She would check in on us and she, they were great at motivating Brandon. Brandon didn't really want to leave the room and, you know, walk the hallways like he was supposed to. He mm -hmm. did. It was just, it's annoying, you know. It, well, it's a lot. And it, those robes, yes. those gowns. They're plastic. They There's, make you sweat yes. so much. Like That's I'd come back said. just 
dripping. And you wear the gloves and the mask and the plastic robe. And he's just like, gosh, this is ridiculous. And then, you know, he would come back drenched in sweat and then he would want to take a shower. And then that was a whole production in itself trying to shower. Especially with if you had everything still. Yeah, everything. So it was it was exhausting, but it was nice. You know, they would come down and They'd be like, all right, Brandon, come on, time to get out of bed. Let's go. We're going for our walk. And he'd be like, oh. Nice. But he would do it. And, Good. you know, it was it was a lot better than me, you know. Trying to get him yeah. up and moving. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was. We didn't have those buddies. So no. that's nice. Yeah, it was very I nice. think I was the only one on my floor. Really? Going through HSCT at the time I was going through. Really? Yeah. Tiffany, uh, Jessica came through. She left, like. Right as I was getting there, so she was there for HSCT. Mm-hmm. She so she was a few days, like a week or so ahead of me, and she got out like right as I was getting in. Okay. So she was texting me and saying like, "I'm gonna do a lap and try to pick you up," but there would always be nurses in my sure. room. So I think there was one time where I maybe saw her in the hall and right. like I waved or something. And there was a big slew of people who would walk in the hall with us. I mean, there were probably. There are still some families that we still kind of check in with each other. That's awesome. It was amazing. It's community. community, Yeah. It it was so cool. It's like a big family. mm -hmm. And it was really cool to just talk to all the other spouses and family members and just, you know, see what their perspective was and their stories and their backgrounds. And it was how they came to find out about HSCT that, yeah. and because everybody has a, a different totally story. unique story and it's so cool. It, yeah. was, it was such a learning experience and it was so neat to just talk to people and make those relationships. Sure. Yeah. So did you learn any like self care from them or do you have any self care techniques or things that you do to help yourself? stay able to care for him this whole time. I mean, I just, it's taxing. It's totally all the time. You know, it was really weird because through the whole thing, he has been insanely positive. Like I never once he's gotten upset a couple of times, but nothing to what I, you know, would have thought he was so positive and, I think that helped me a lot, you know, because sure, he wasn't like thinking the worst. Yeah. So then I wasn't thinking the worst. And the whole time we were in Chicago, the whole time for, you know, the pretest mobilization, every stay, I was so bu- I was busy with work. I was busy yeah. with still calling the insurance companies. Right. <laughs> I was busy with calling the kids. I was busy with taking care of him. I was. I was just so busy. I felt like the whole time, and I think it just that helped a lot. Seems it caught like. up with me. I went through a funk a couple of months ago, and I don't know. I was like, well, I guess now everything's calm. <laughs> so now I decided I'm your gonna... body can finally process yeah. the stress of it yeah. all. So that was fun but other than that seems like you had a lot of adrenaline keeping you going yeah and I he did too so we kind of you know fed off each other and the stay in Chicago I mean what was your experience it wasn't terrible like we no we got some good Netflixing in like we hung out we played some cards right I mean you're secluded to literally a small hotel room yeah I felt like I was almost in the twilight zone. We didn't leave. We no, didn't, we didn't either. You can't go anywhere. Right. You're scared to even get in the elevator. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I didn't touch anything. No, like, you can't touch if anything. We went you have to wear to, a mask. Yes. If we went anywhere, like I didn't touch anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't touch the elevator buttons, yeah. the door handles. And Brandon nothing. didn't even want to go anywhere because he yeah. was like, I don't want to wear this mask and gloves. Right. right. Everywhere I go, people are going to look at me like I'm a lunatic. Yeah. And, like, yeah, no, we I did. We watched a lot of Netflix and yeah. documentaries. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so weird, especially when you have kids, to go from being a parent and doing all these things and working yes. and doing what we're supposed to do. And then you're like, it's like a vacation in a way. Yeah, that, right. yeah it kind of yeah. was. I mean, you know, 
I wasn't the one going through chemo, (laughs) but you know, he was feeling pretty bad. But a lot of the time it was a lot of downtime. Boredom. Yeah. Which was welcome. Yeah. Because (laughs) it's something you definitely don't experience probably any other time in your life. Right. Yeah, no. And almost like, okay, so let's get on with it then because this is kind of boring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Because, yeah, we had a very similar experience. Um, So what could you offer as advice based on your experience to help others who are curious or looking into supporting someone to go through HSCT? Gosh, just, you know, advocate for them as much as you possibly can. You know, if you feel just like that first hospital visit I always go back to, I wish I would have, I'm a pretty loud person, I'm (laughs) outspoken, but I wish I would have been more outspoken and louder at that first hospital visit. Just always, you know, research, 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 and then research some more. Just Mm -hmm. ask as many questions as you possibly can and learn as much as you possibly can. Don't walk away with the first. Ab- no, never. Yeah. Don't ever. I mean, because once you walk away from that first visit, you really feel hopeless. Like, mm-hmm. well, there's nothing we can do. Here's a drug. It may or may not work. Um, if it doesn't, then we'll just switch yeah. it. And we're not really Check sure what's going to happen to you. You yep. could get some more lesions. You might not. Depending on where those lesions are, maybe you won't be able to do this or right. that or Maybe you will. We don't really know. We don't really know. Yeah, we have no idea what's going to happen to you. No, they so don't. So try these and let us know what happens. They don't know. And we know our bodies best, yeah. right? So yeah. listening to our bodies and knowing when something isn't right. Absolutely. It's amazing that Brandon has you in his life to support him. Yeah. Thank you for all you have done for him. <laughs> um, could you name a superpower that you gained from your experience with HSCT? Oh. That's my favorite question. I don't we are all, I mean, <sighs> you have a lot of superpowers. <laughs> you may not see them, but I'm hoping that you can conjure one up to mind because I see that you're powerful. I don't know. I think humility, um, you know, just, I, I don't even know one word to say it, but I've just, always been um, tightly wound, maybe. I don't know. If my house is a mess, I freak out. If I I want everything to be, and now I feel like I'm just very, I'm more patient. I'm more go with the flow, whatever. If there's dirty dishes in the sink, is that the end of the world? Nope. If if my car gets a flat tire, is that really something that matters in life? Nope. Just a totally new outlook. Things could be so much worse. I mean, you know, he could have been diagnosed with ALS or some other awful, not that the MS is not awful because right. it is it's right. awful, but it could always be worse. And I think that we both kind of walked away with, you know what, make every single day count. Yeah. All of the corny things that people say yeah. and, right. but really believe you, them. Well, yeah, really because when you, that way. yeah, when you're facing, yeah. I mean, you have those moments in the hospital mm-hmm. where your system is completely gone. Yes. And you're hanging on by a thread and yep. steroids. Yep. And you're like, man, if anything goes wrong, I yes. like this could the be it. The smallest sniffle, anything. This Terrifying. could be it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's amazing that you experience that similar feeling or awareness. Right. I mean, just, you know, I that's a humility and, you know, patience and just just a new outlook. I don't know. If, are those superpowers? <laughs> Absolutely, they are. Just, Absolutely. You know, money doesn't, it doesn't even, it is what it is. Like, you'll have, we'll have bills till the end it's of time. It's made and up. Who cares? Whatever. Right. I don't care. No. We're still going on vacation. I'm Good. Still, I'm still doing, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, we're still. You've got to live life. Absolutely. It's we're way too short. Too, way, way, way too short. And so many things are not important. Other people's opinions. No. That. That was very freeing. Through all yes. of this, I will tell you the most freeing thing absolutely was why would you ever, ever give a second thought to anything? Why, if you like those shoes or those pants or that way your hair is, or 
Why would you ever care what anybody else thought? Why right. in the world would you ever waste time? No. Precious time. Like time is so precious. And why would you ever waste it on worrying if someone likes you or someone dislikes you or just live your life and just do good and be a good person and help as many people as you can. And who cares what anybody else says? That love was it. the coolest thing, I think, for both of us that came out of this. Yeah. Very freeing. Do you think you just came to that realization as you were? Absolutely. As we were in the hospital, you know, I, as I was in my pajamas every single day. <laughs> like, we were both, you know, and he's at his worst. He's doubled over and, yeah. you know, puking and pooping at the same time. And, like, there's no modesty in, right. any, in no. any of this. Right. <clears throat> and then it's just like, what in the world? You get the most terrifying news and experience of your whole life and realize, holy moly, like my life could change as I know it and never be the same tomorrow. Why give any second thought to anything that doesn't matter? Yeah. Ever. Especially so. other people's opinions. No. Yes. And judgment. And judgment. No. Yeah. It, none of it matters. And that is something that's really cool that came out of this. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. Is there anything else you're grateful for that maybe has gone unspoken? Uh, my faith was strengthened and I'm so grateful for that, you know, um, and my husband wasn't always one to like wake up on Sunday morning and be excited to go to church with me or anything. But I think he's, he's got a new outlook on his faith as well. So I think that's huge. For both of you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and probably will bring you closer together. Yeah. It 100, it's already brought, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good things that yeah. came out of this. Right. And I'm sure for you as well. Absolutely. It brings your family so much closer together. It brought me closer to my in-laws. Yeah. I mean, not that we had a bad relationship sure. before, but so much closer um, to, you know, just to see the people who step up and really help you. And it's just very eye-opening. And just to see how much love there, you know, my what my family did, what his family did, our brothers, our sisters, our siblings, our, our fr you know, that's amazing. That's, that's huge. And not many people get an opportunity mm. in life to actually see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess opportunity, it was an opportunity, Yeah. you know, it was a bad situation, but right. it's definitely, a, it's nice to see people come forward absolutely right, with yeah. their genuine willingness to mm -hmm. help out and, yeah. and support. Everyone. Yep. It's, it's an abundance. Mm -hmm. And that's wonderful to see. You are an abundance, of, oh, an abundance of joy and gratitude <laughs> and just generosity. I mean, it's well, amazing. So are to, you. <laughs> but it's amazing to be in good company, yes, right? And absolutely. To, and to meet other kindred yes. um, folks who are passionate about getting the word out about For HSCT. Sure. I appreciate all you're doing to spread the word and support people on their journeys, trying to get access to this treatment that can help really transform their life. Absolutely. Certainly transform their experience with disease. Mm -hmm. I mean, and even if it doesn't work, it's still transformational regardless. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and it's unlikely. I am in 98% chance that it'll work yep. at least when you're out at halting mm -hmm. progression and Hey, what's another year without, Absolutely. This miserable disease yeah. or experience with disease. It's been amazing talking yeah. with you. Well, I want to thank you oh. for inviting me. Like, I feel very honored to, that you even asked me to do oh this. Oh, my gosh. And I just, I can't even thank you enough for the huge role that you played throughout our journey. Because mm. our phone calls are, you know, I mean, just from giving me the right directions on how to get to Chicago the right way without <laughs> paying the tolls and right. telling me what early hotels exit. to stay at and ideas for what to bring to the hotel and in the hospital and just little things like that all the way to just the encouraging talks. And I mean, just how I mean, I called you so many times through this process just I'm to... so happy to support you. Yeah. So 
having that was amazing. And the fact that you're putting together a whole organization where other people are going to have that yeah. is just monumental, I think. Oh, so. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to get to finally meet you in I person. <laughs> and um, hopefully our relationship will continue Absolutely. into the future. I appreciate you participating sure. in the podcast and sharing your story and sharing all of your generosity and wealth with others on the journey. It's good to be on the journey with you and be part of the family now. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yay! (laughs) Warm hugs! (laughs) Be sure to visit our website, hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and access the latest HSCT research and resources. Special thanks to musical genius Bill Allentzauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment, share your story. We'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well.